1: Welcome into Bears All Access, brought to you by IGS Energy. Wishing you a pleasant good evening with my broadcast partner from News Radio 780 and 105.9 WBBM, Chicago Bears Super Bowl winner, Tom Thayer. I'm Jeff Joniak, regular season opener in L.A. coming up here on Sunday night. We'll have the pregame at 4, kickoff at 720. And Tom, I know you are aching for some Bears football.
0: <laughs> yeah, man, there's a, there's a lot of thought. There's 30 years of me thinking about... Opening weekends and and how much they mean to a team.
1: We got to thank our producers, Dan Brilly, Jordan Treadup, Katie Tuber, and the folks at the score. Inglewood, California will be the spot we'll be at, at brand new SoFi Stadium. We didn't get to see it last year. We're going to see it for the first time. We hear it's fantastic. Players love it, coaches love it, everybody who's been there loves it. And Tom, I'm yeah. sure there'll be plenty of Bears fans cranking it up Tom now let's talk about the injury news it's Eddie Goldman he's on that injury report doubtful did not practice since Monday when he tweaked his knee
2: you know we'll, we'll see how it goes tomorrow see where he's at but uh, it'll if if he uh, if he gets better tomorrow or, or on Sunday and all that whole that whole deal then that'll be good for him and we'll get him out there and if he's not then it'll give an opportunity for other guys below him to you know to play a little bit so um, that's where we're at with him
1: and Tom that's a knee that happened on Monday unfortunate given what we saw on 10 snaps in the preseason finale from Eddie.
0: Yeah, you know, listen, man, I'm all for Eddie Goldman. I think he's a heck of a football player if he wants to be. But now I got to start thinking about the guys who are going to be there in his place. And, uh, you know, that's the thing about a team sport moving forward. If you're in the locker room, hey, man, this guy is still your buddy, still your friend. You want the best for him. You want him to get healthy to help you along. But look, who do I need there Sunday night? I need Angelo Blackson, I need Kyrus Tonga, I need Blau Nichols. I need every one of these guys to step up to the plate and fill the void that Eddie Goldman's going to leave.
1: And one of those guys, if uh, Eddie is not able to play, will be Kyrus Tonga, the rookie out of BYU. Man, Nagy's very high on what he's
2: been able to do so far. Uh, if that is the case, uh, after we get through the next two days with Eddie, um, Tonga would have a bigger role. Uh, so that'll be a good opportunity for him. But I do believe too, like that's a probably of all the positions on our team that that's that's something that we got a lot of depth at right now, which is good. So when this stuff happens, uh, uh, so we'll see uh, the next two days. But I feel. I feel good with what Coach Rump has done with those guys, and then the other guys are going to have to step up if that's the case.
1: And that includes Blau Nichols, Tommy, because he played some of that last year.
0: Yeah, but you know what, Jeff? These guys are going to be put in a position to succeed. They're not going to ask to be do things that are unrealistic to their abilities. And Blau Nichols is the guy that shows he has the ability, the athleticism, the strength, and the speed to play up and down the line of scrimmage. When Kyrus is in the game, it's going about him holding up multiple bodies to allow those linebackers to be free. They're not going to put him in an unrealistic position to try to do something that he's not capable of doing. But man, when he gets his snaps, he's got to bring it like he's never brought it before because this is not a college game. This is the start of his NFL
1: life. And when the Bears uh, deal with Matthew Stafford in a Rams uniform, it's going to look possibly a little different uh, with that head coach. We'll get into all that coming up throughout the course of the show. Coming up uh, in our next segment, Bears center Sam Mustafer. and then we'll be joined later in the program by L.A. Rams analyst DeMarco Farr on the radio side of things for the L.A. Rams. Tom, the maestro of this defense this year is Sean Desai. He'll be in charge of stopping Matthew Stafford in that offense. Sunday night. Earlier today, Coach Nagy had a lot of good things to say.
2: So on, on the headset during the game, um, extremely calm, which I love. You know, just the, the, the players feel that when he's calling a play in to, um, to whoever that is at the time during the game, regular season, preseason. Uh, they feel that. They understand that. Uh, I like that about him because he, he believes in what he's saying. And sometimes, you know, there's times where uh, there's a couple plays where in a row you're getting gashed and there's no panic. You know, I think that's where you feel it the most is there's no panic. It's just nice and calm. Uh, but then, if he needs to get on him a little bit, I've seen that dark side too. You got to have that dark side, and uh, and he has that. So I appreciate that about him during the season, uh, or excuse me, during the week. What I see is somebody, he'll come into my office and he'll give me a sheet of paper that is extremely detailed with how the the day's going to go, right? Or what his coaches are doing. He's coaching his coaches, too. You know, we all coach our players, but he's coaching his coaches. So I just, for a first-year guy doing it, this isn't something that he's been thrown into the fire. He's been prepping for this, and that's why he did such a great job in his interview, and that's why we believe in him.
1: And, Tom, that's exactly the case. Sean Desai is super prepared, so nothing that he's doing is surprising anybody. But we'll be interested to see what it looks like.
0: Yeah, you know, and I think he likes all the faces of Sean Desai. He talks about how prepared and how he can have a calm demeanor, even if there's a big play going on by the opponent, how he keeps a really level headed performance in terms of what he's thinking, how he's got a good relationship and understands how to talk football with his players. But you know, in the press conference too, I'm glad he talked about having the dark side because that's that's a football dark side. That's not outside the building. That just means when he has to bring a serious expression or a serious conversation to some of these more experienced football players, that he has the ability and the willingness to do that, and every coach that I've ever played for has that side to him
1: right he's fiery and that the defense wants to play exactly like that the personality will evolve and it, it could start right away or it could evolve throughout the game against the Rams certainly this is the case about this team they want to take the ball away and they want to be aggressive I think you're going to probably see guys fly out of the football in a little different manner and maybe playing a little more tight coverage don't you?
0: I do, because I think Sean's been around for a while. He understands what this team is made of. He understands that he has experience from the line of scrimmage all the way to the defensive backfield. How to put those guys in the best position, defensively speaking, according to what he's seeing across the line of scrimmage or new personnel coming in. So I I think Sean – has a good coaching staff and he's got a really good work ethic that he's been able to uh, uh, build his own ability from.
1: All right, coming up next, we're going to be joined by Sam Mustafer, the Bears starting center. We'll talk with him for a couple of segments and a reminder that you can kick off the 2021 season this Sunday night at our Miller light headquarters bar outdoor watch party in Logan square, starting at 5 30 PM, visit chicagobearscom bears.com slash fan slash watch parties, For more information. With Tom Thayer, I'm Jeff Joniak, and this is Chicago Sports Radio 670, The Score. Welcome back to Bears All Access, brought to you by IGS Energy. Choose clean energy for your home at IGS.com, because every good choice adds up to a better world. With Tom Thayer, Jeff Joniak, here on Bears All Access on Chicago Sports Radio 670, The Score. Welcoming in starting center, Sam Mustaver, the Notre Dame grad. A nice win by the Irish the other day, my friend. Oh, that was close. Close call against Florida State. Do you watch it?
3: Yes, yeah, I watched all of it. Very close.
1: But good to see the Irish in the top ten. Uh, Sam, you're gearing up for a, a game against the Rams to start the season, and it's an important one for you as well because you begin the season as the starting center in the National Football League. And I read this quote from your teammate on the other side of the ball, Deshaun Gibson. He wrote a journal years ago, and this is what he said. Once you come out of the tunnel, there's just something I feel from the crown of my head to the soles of my feet. Once you go back in after that warm-up and come back in for that four minutes right before kickoff, you just hear that atmosphere, whether home or away. The vibration of that stadium is something that you never, ever, ever be able to get anywhere else in America. Is that a proper way that most NFL players feel, or do you have a different slant on it than this undrafted free agent like yourself out of Wyoming who's made a heck of a career for himself?
3: Yeah, no, I I believe that highlights, you know, the most important part of the game. I mean, it's a blessing to be out there and, you know, you're grateful for every opportunity. And, you know, to take in that moment and relish it and understand, be where your feet are. uh, That's crucial. And uh, every time you get to go out there and play on Sunday, it's it's unlike any other experience.
0: You know, Sam, we, you know, because we went to Notre Dame, we got to play in some pretty unique atmospheres because we're not in a conference and we play all over the country. My sophomore year, we played down at Alabama, and I've never walked out to a louder boo in my entire career. (laughs) So, I mean, seriously, do you feel the same about this away game atmosphere that Tashawn talks about, that, you know, uniquely enough, Soldier Field is always sold out, but here you're going into a hostile environment and, but you've been through that your whole college career.
3: Yeah. um, I think it is different. You know, it's unique because we're coming off of, you know, COVID this is their, this is their coming out party in that uh, stadium. It's a beautiful stadium. I had the opportunity to play there last year, but you know, it's indoors. I mean, there's a few little airways where sound could get out, but I mean, I'm I'm sure the fans are going to be pumped. It's an excellent opportunity. Um, And, and, it's going to be great. it's definitely going to be loud. Um, you know like you said at Notre Dame you experience some things but I'm not sure that you know the passion for you know getting out and finally being able to go do things and support the support the team will be matched like it will be this weekend. Tom Brady's
0: been bringing it up all off season and it does pertain to you. you and Brady have a lot in common. so <laughs> i'm talking I'm talking about the numbers changed for jerseys as to where they're lined up. You know, so Sam, you go to the line of scrimmage, you identify the linebacker and the responsibility when you guys are in, in every situation. So now, because the numbers are different, Brady talks about being confused as to who's coming and who's not single digit numbers, blah, blah, blah. Have you taken that into account? Have you had to have a little bit of conversation with the responsible blockers on the line of scrimmage or the running backs to make sure everybody's aware of these number
3: changes? Yeah, um, you know, it, it comes through film study, but like you said, that this is unique that we have, you know, no film these guys with single-digit numbers. I mean, Danny just switched to number six today, so having a linebacker wearing a single-digit number versus, you know, anybody else or having now DBs coming into the box, Nichols coming into the box wearing single-digit numbers, um, but, you know throughout my time playing center i've always tried to id based on uh numbers so i try to help the guys as much as i possibly can
1: sam mustaver our guest here on bears all access it is brought to you by igs energy uh, you know forgive me but the only number i care about right now is 99 yeah. in the rams <laughs> jersey i mean what's what's it been like breaking that tape down
3: of Aaron Donald? Um, he's a game wrecker. He's a monster. Um, you know, And he's worked hard. He's earned that respect uh, that you have to account for wherever he is on the field. As a whole, it's a very talented defense with a complex scheme. And the ability to have a player like that, a once-in-a-lifetime, generational-type talent, definitely elevates that defense. You can see he elevates all the guys around him, and that's what great players do. Um, so, yeah, I, I mean, you, you see stuff on film, and you're like, you know, not many people can do that uh, to get through two and three guys um, on a consistent basis as well. Um, that, that that's the key part. Um, he's his ability to wreck a game and change the outcome of a game is definitely critical.
1: And so too is Jalen Ramsey, but in a different way. He's just uh, he's all over the place, so you have to identify him as well.
3: Yeah, absolutely. And like we talked about before, you know, with the number switch, the number five is it's, it's different. You know, he's not, not number twenty now. So uh, yeah, you. you <laughs> Like I said, Ed, that's a complex defense with some talented guys, and uh, they, they they definitely play their roles very well.
0: You know, Sam, your offensive line looks different with Jason Peters in there, but all along the front, you guys have a chance to be one of the more powerful offensive lines in the league. And so, you, 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 hey, listen, you have to respect Aaron Donald because he's put on, you know, in the NFL what he's been able to do. However, you got to have a lot of confidence that you're breaking the huddle with the guys you're breaking the huddle with and going to the line of scrimmage when you you talk about Cody and James and, and Jason and Jermaine Effetti.
3: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, to be honest, like I, I've played football since I was five years old. So, you know, these opportunities, these moments, and, you know, I, I can't speak for everybody on our offense line, but I know those guys, they relish the opportunities to go against the greats. That's what you train all offseason for, you know. Most offensive line, we can't take a lot of time off because, you know, it's a critical time to build strength, to build, you know, skill, speed, whatever development you want to build during an offseason. So, you know, playing against the greatest players and arguably one of the greatest players of all time, these are the opportunities that you train for. So it's definitely exciting. And uh, to be able to go to battle with those guys and, you know, knowing how they operate and work uh, is definitely exciting.
0: You know, the different combinations of the offensive line you played with last year plus the different combinations – of the offensive line you played with throughout training camp, that's had to be beneficial to you also because with the fragile COVID times, you know some days you don't know who's going to be lining up to the right or to the left of you.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Um, offensive line, as you know, is all about communication. So you know if we can get guys in there and you know we're not missing a beat, that's that's crucial um, for offensive line's development. And you know I think having the opportunity to work with Different guys throughout camp, you know what's Coach Castillo and Coach Royola do with us is, you know, it, it we're able to come in and it's kind of a next man up mentality. So I I, I do agree with you on that. All
1: right, you've uh, you've added some uh, muscle and, and strength to your body uh, diligently. We've talked about it at length, uh, but now you've had plenty of time to see how that feels on the field. What did you think of your preseason, your training camp, and how do you feel right now?
3: Uh, you know, I thought I thought it was good. You know, there's always things you can work on, things you can improve on. Um, but, you know, training camp Went through it and, you know, was able to work against very talented guys, uh, talented defense. And then we got the joint practices with Miami. Then we played Buffalo. Then we had Tennessee. So we got a mixture of defensive fronts that we were able to go against, a mixture of different types of body types that are going to line up as your your nose, your three techniques, different style of linebacker play. And then, you know, some not exotic blitzes, but some different blitzes that we were seeing in game. So, you know, it was cool to get out there and, you know, feel my body at a new weight and then just adjust accordingly during the season. You know, when, when I was at Notre
0: Dame, we used to get dressed in the ACC, walk out through the back parking lot, we're onto the practice fields. So did, this, did it feel like kind of a college atmosphere this year when you, you dress in your home locker for practice, you walk out on the practice fields, and, and you're ready to go to work? So was it a difference uh, in the transition of training camp at Hallis Hall than it's been? When you go to Alabed or some of the other, you know, times that you've gone through training camp in your career so far?
3: For sure. I mean, you know, the organization has done a great job of putting together a state of the art facility. So now uh, we have a lot of resources at our disposal to get warmed up in the proper manner, to stretch in the proper manner so that we can get out onto the practice field quickly. I mean, it's definitely different transitions are faster. Um, so, I mean, there's more time. For you to do things that are help you going to be a better football player, whether that be you nutrition, recovery, warming up, stretching afterwards or before. So yeah, it was definitely different this year.
1: Sam for our guest, we're going to step away. Another segment with the Bears starting center coming up, number sixty-seven, getting ready for the Rams with Tom Thayer. I'm Jeff Joniak, and this is Bears All Access on Chicago Sports Radio six seventy The Score. This segment of Bears All Access is brought to you by Athletico Physical Therapy. Visit athletico.com to request an appointment in clinic or virtually and start feeling better tomorrow. That's a good segue with our guest Sam Mustafer on Bears All Access. With Tom Thayer, I'm Jeff Joniak. We're brought to you by IGS Energy. Um, feeling better. Do, you know, what would you say to the fan base or those analysts out there that do question where the Bears are at on the offensive line from the simple Word of continuity because these five guys haven't played together much in this preseason. How do you guys feel about it as an offensive
3: line? Uh you know, just building, working every day. Um, you know, I always live by a quote that uh, you know it was really introduced to me during college. You either get better, or you get worse. So every day we're looking to get better, and whether that be one percent, five percent, or ten percent, every guy out there is just trying to get better, and we're trying to build that continuity and. Uh, That comes with communication. It comes with film study. It comes with, you know, trusting where each other is going to be at. So it's been good to work with those guys. And, you know, just being surrounded by by guys who have a lot of NFL experience, game time experience, has definitely been helpful for me as a young center.
0: Sam, you know, you guys probably got the perfect complement of running backs for your offensive line. When you look at Dave Montgomery, Damon Williams, and uh, Khalil Herbert and stuff, when you talk about being powerful up front and powerful from the backfield, it's got to be a good, a good just uh, just a combination of running backs.
3: Oh yeah, um, I have ultimate respect for those guys. Their communication and their ability to see holes and hit it and go downhill is is awesome. Um, you know the the way they run, it makes you want to block hard as an offensive lineman. Um, you know, uniquely enough for me, uh, you know, I came in with Dave, so we have a very good relationship. And then Khalil, actually Khalil's locker is right next to mine in the locker room. So, you know, I'm able to talk with him. And then Damian, we just relayed on a uh, the idea that we were both undrafted. So the, the hunger matches there. So I, all those guys are great guys. And uh, I, I can't wait to block for them, them, them throughout the season.
0: You know, it's the first time I've ever heard anybody refer to him as Dave. Yeah. <laughs> I've, I've Dave my whole life since when he was in college. Do you call him Dave?
3: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> he
3: doesn't object Jeff, clearly.
1: I-
0: I, right, I don't, I, I don't know if you've ever heard it, Jeff, of anybody no, referring to him no. as Day, but it's kind of, you know, when you grow up in a locker room with guys that are specifically, you know, how we know them by their formal names, and the, it's kind of a insight into the relationship that you have, and it's, it's cool that you, you can go that direction. Absolutely.
1: What do you call Khalil? <laughs>
3: I just, just, yeah. I come up with it again. <laughs>
1: Uh, You know, it's interesting because do you ask him questions about defenses? You know, uh, is there that kind of conversation? And, you know, he's a guy that doesn't like to talk a lot, you know, he, (laughs) but he's a super nice guy. Every time you see him, he's got a smile on his face. He gives you a hello, how you doing? But, you know, he doesn't love talking about himself. He lets his actions speak louder than his words. And um, But but do you get into that mindset of, of one of the premier pass rushers in the NFL?
3: Yeah, absolutely. You know, just trying to see different types of things and understanding, you know, where our weakness is at or at, at a, as an offensive line. Um, you know, understanding that, you know, as a premier pass rusher, he, he has a knowledge and understanding of the game. And then on top of that, just his experience, Um, you know, that's invaluable to us and, you know, really across the front, you know, we have a bunch of guys we can ask those types of questions to like, where, where, where do you feel that I'm leaning at? Or where's, where's my leverage point or on this play? You know, what are you feeling? How can I clean that up? Am I giving you any tips or anything like, is it past rundown? Um, so yeah, yeah, that, that's definitely awesome.
1: You know, I've, I've heard uh, this said by scouts often, uh, with guys that are, are really dominant, strong Etc. Like we hear, Aaron Donald is just uber strong, and you and you can feel him. You can certainly feel Khalil. You can feel Akeem. I'm sure you could feel Eddie and Bilal as well. But do you sense, and Tom, you can jump in on this too over your course of your career. Do you feel the difference in guys when you line up against them and try and block them from your positions?
3: Yeah, absolutely. Um, You know, some guys are better at using their hands and leverage than other guys. Um, Some guys are going to get on you fast. Some guys will, you know, work edges more. And so that's something that comes with film study and, you know, kind of, you know, Placing guys into like folders in your mind, like understanding on a bi-week basis, this is the type of guy I'm going up against. And then, you know, you got opportunities like this week against a generational talent where he kind of fits in every folder. There's there's a bunch of different things he can do um, to affect the game and to get you off your game.
0: Yeah, in my career when we played against Keith Millard, when he was the defensive MVP of the league as a defensive tackle position, he had superior quickness that if you didn't get your hands on him, he was gone. But then you play against a guy like Pierce Holt, who's not really that well known, that played for the 49ers, who was one of the most dominantly strong players I ever faced in game to game competition. And because you don't play against them that much, you better keep that like Sam said, you better keep him in your folder to understand when you come up against him again, he's going to provide kind of a you know, a a physical type of presence that you don't face very often.
3: Yeah, absolutely. I I agree 100%. Like you said, you have those unique guys that, you know, when they hit you, you you feel it. And, you know, when they get you, get their hands on you, and then, like you said, you have those quick guys, the shifty guys, the ones that you're going to have to get on fast or try not to give them as much space as possible.
1: Hey, Sam, do you remember that first start last year for you against the Saints? Because it was because Cody had a calf and ended a streak of 72 straight starts for him. He's had unbelievable uh, success in that regard and durability and where your mind was at then compared to where is it at right now?
3: It was just like it is now. And I know that sounds cliche, but every, every day, you know, I get an opportunity to walk in this building and, you know, be a professional football player for occupation is, I mean, this is the best job in the world. And I'm sure a lot of people say that about their jobs, you know, whatever that they're passionate about, but, you know, football has been my passion since I was a kid, um, since I was able to understand what the game was, and uh, you know, against the Saints last year was an opportunity, and against the Rams this weekend, it's the same opportunity. I get to live out my dreams on a daily basis, so, you know, I look at it like that, and I feel like when you're grateful for the opportunity, no matter the outcome, um, you just get back to work.
0: Sam, do you feel a a certain, uh, more of a sense of responsibility, because now you're not an undrafted free agent from from Notre Dame that you're the starting center for the Chicago Bears. Uh, you know, you had a great training camp and you went out there side by side every single day with Cody and the rest of the crew. But, you know, it is, is—we you have a different responsibility on you now than you did,
3: you know, when you showed up at the Bears. Absolutely. I think the expectation is different. And... You know that's that's something you want. You you want a different expectation than, oh, he's just undrafted guy. You know what can he do? You know he, he's serviceable. We can just put him in and he'll he'll, he'll play his role. Like I I enjoy having the expectation that you know it, it's my job to. Put guys in the right position so they could do that, their jobs. Uh, it's my job to get the offensive line together and working together on the same page. It's my job to get the protection on the right uh, page. I, I like that responsibility. And, you know, when you're successful, you probably won't get credit for it. But, and, and then when you're not successful, you're definitely going <laughs> to.
1: We, we like to have a little bit of fun in the final couple of minutes here. So these are quick hitters. Here we go. A quick five pack. Last gift you gave somebody.
3: Last gift I gave somebody. Oh, man. <laughs> It's an edible arrangement during training camp. <laughs> <laughs> I
1: like it. Uh, last, Love those things. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I- if not football, then what? I don't
3: know, the Public office, maybe. I, I think that would be cool. Wow,
1: I, I like that. No, I could I could picture him in that role. He's a smart man. But you know, let's let's talk no, about it. No option. Yeah. No option B. <laughs> let's talk about <laughs> it. Fifteen years later, after an NFL career, shipwrecked, yes. shipwrecked on a deserted island. You got your food, you got your water, but what two items you have to have with you?
3: Mm, two items have to have with me oh man um, I guess i guess a, a bible you know you can continue to read that I'm, I'm pretty religious um and then can i bring a person or it has to be object uh, i'm thinking
1: item <laughs> it could get a little dicey we start thinking about people
3: uh, yeah
1: inflated football
3: <laughs> yeah be good i you know Mark it up with some sand and snap it into the palm tree. You know, right. make, sure, make sure
1: they're accurate. Sam, there's a picture Tom put on Facebook the other day of his four-year, four-year-old nephew. Yes. He had him long snapping at four years old. I, I laughed my rear end off on that one. Uh, all right, last, last one. What animal would you compare yourself to? This sounds like combine questions, doesn't it? Yes.
4: Yeah. If if I
3: got invited, I would know. I would know that they were combine. <laughs>
1: That's a good enough answer right there. (laughs) Right? What a snub. What a snub. That sticks in your craw a little bit.
3: Yeah, it's, it's all good. I'm here now. That's- <laughs> exactly right. That's
1: right. Wish you nothing but the best. Uh, you're a class guy, excellent character guy, and a big part of the Bears' future. So play with some fire against the Rams on Sunday night, and good luck. Absolutely. Thank you, guys. Coming up next on Bears All Access, we'll be joined by DeMarco Farah, one of the radio analysts for the LA Rams radio network to break down Bears-Rams Sunday night at Inglewood, California's SoFi Stadium. Now break here on Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. This segment of Bears All Access is brought to you by CDW, people to get it with Tom Thayer, Jeff Joniak previewing Sunday night's kickoff, 720 in LA at SoFi Stadium. Joined now by the Rams radio analyst, DeMarco Farr, a longtime friend of ours, and I understand you'd like a piece of Tom yet. Is this true? Of
4: course. Yes, yes. We're natural enemies. We have to get this on. You know this. Yeah, Yeah, I I got three plays and then call the paramedics.
1: Right. Do you have anything yet? Any replacements in that body of yours yet? Because he's got a couple of hips.
4: You know, which side? (laughs) That's the side side I'm going to. (laughs) I can still get out I can still get
0: out of my stance, you know, so we'll make a show of it.
4: Well you're ahead of me. I can get in a stance, I just can't get out of it. (laughs)
1: <laughs> so believe it or not, this is the fourth consecutive season. Bears and Rams are, are going to party a little bit here. And this is uh, the yeah. primetime game on Sunday night football. So do we got a, a brewing rivalry here? I mean, a lot of changes on both sides, though.
4: I always considered Chicago a rival. I, I really have. I mean, especially when the team was back in the Midwest. I mean, it was the team to the north. So there was always a battle. We we played each other like it was a playoff game. Um the fan bases naturally don't get along. Now they really don't get along. So, yeah, I always consider this kind of a mini rivalry. It's, it's always fun when you get the Bears because, look, you you know what you're getting when you see that C on the helmet. It's going to be tough. It's going to be physical. Uh, you're going to feel it the next week. Um, so it's always fun to play the Chicago Bears always fun to play them week one too at least get it out of the way.
0: DeMarco when you look at guys like Leroy Glover or John Randall yourself you know the six-one frame and now the most dominant defensive lineman in the league and Aaron Donald <clears throat> do you think when you look at guys of that size they kind of change the narrative that it's not always necessarily about the biggest guy but it's about the best guy?
4: Oh yeah and I got Aaron by a quarter of an inch just you know just a <laughs> little bit you know I can see over the top of his head but no we, we talk Talk about this quite a bit, um, you know. Being short or undersized is actually a benefit sometimes when you can play to it. If you're quick, uh, if you're low to the ground, if you're strong like Aaron, I mean, you have the natural leverage. What are we always trying to do in the trenches? Low yeah. man wins. Yeah. Well, if you're already down there and you can get lower, you're going to win most of the battles. Now, what separates him from everyone else that I've seen? Um, and this is no disrespect to John Randall, to Warren Sapp, to the shorter defensive tackles, too guys like me. I've never seen anybody this strong in my life, regardless of position. Regardless of sport, I've never seen somebody so strong like Aaron. Uh, And his body fat is down. He takes care of himself. So he's quick. He's low to the ground. He's got the natural leverage. Plus he can absolutely move you even if you get position on him. So uh, it's tremendous. But I did tell Aaron this uh, in the beginning of training camp. You're going to get a lot of small guys murdered because they're going to draft people that look like you thinking they can they, they can do what you do, and they're just absolutely going to get crushed doing it. But, yeah, he's special. He is definitely once in a lifetime. So uh, you appreciate what you see out of 99.
0: Is he an all-five guy? Can he rush against any offensive lineman up and down Anywhere. the line of
4: scrimmage? The the only guy that uh, in history, and I was at the Pro Bowl when Isaac Bruce went in. So, I'm not the Pro Bowl, the Hall of Fame when Isaac Bruce went in. So I'm seeing all these legends up there. And I started doing that with Aaron, thinking about, you know, how many Hall of Famers the Rams actually have now? And you start and probably end with him. maybe Johnny Hecker uh, down the stretch. Maybe Matt Stafford, if he can finish up with a, a couple of rings. But the only guy that came close as far as versatility as where he can attack from was Bruce Smith. Bruce Smith can attack you from the nose out to the left or right end. Same with Aaron. Wherever he lines up, that guy is under pressure. And there he's a threat to the quarterback. He is absolutely special.
1: You'll appreciate this because you love the game. You clearly chart the history of the game. You follow the history of the game. He's told the story many times, and for the sake of the audience in Chicago, let's hear it again because he's got a great Bruce Smith story. So,
4: Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to bring up bad stuff. Man. No, it's good stuff. It's, it's funny. It's, oh, okay. It, listen to this one. I, I was out
0: in pregame snapping and punts, and uh, Bruce Smith and Fred Smurlus walked to the center of the field, and they told me that I I have to stop cutting guys. That there's no place in the game for it, and so I told Ditka what they had said to me, and um, I, you know, so the very first play of the game, he he called one of those counter OTs, the counter tray that the Redskins called it, and so my responsibility was to pull from the right guard position over to the left and oh. cut Bruce Smith, and oh. I did I did it the first play of the game, so. <laughs> I I, f- I feel respected that they had to come out and say something about it, but um, yeah, you know that's part of the process yeah. of offense and defensive line play. You
4: yeah, know, it's funny. I was just watching this documentary on like New York and the New York Mafia and how the police felt about them. It's the same how I feel about you. Uh, they said, "You do what you have to do, try to catch us. We do what we have to do, break <laughs> break the rules. So if you got to cut me, then that's your business. But I'm just going to let you know, it's your quarterback that's going to pay the price." <laughs>
1: DeMarco Farr, guest Rams analyst and a heck of a football player as well. All right, you you brought up Matthew Stafford. We know him well. We know everything about him you could possibly know. See him twice a year and respect everything he does. Uh, He will challenge DBs in the tightest of windows and make a receiver uh, feel that they can uh, fight for the football. But his weaponry has never really been complemented consistently with a run game. And with Cam Mm -hmm. Akers going down, do you feel feel the Rams can still have the threat of a running game. Or as I read this week, there's talk that, you know, people are thinking, wow, he could throw for 6,000 yards this year because this is what your head coach may want.
4: I I read that too. And, uh, you know, I I hate the high expectation. It really makes me nervous. There's nowhere to go but down. But, you know, I've, I've watched the Rams prepare for Matthew Stafford a few times and through a few different head coaches. And they all have respect for him. And his game. And uh, you could go, I could go through my notes, and it's pretty much the same stuff over and over again. He could throw it anywhere. He's got a hell of a whip. He's smart. He's tough. Uh, he, he's a five star athlete. So uh, to, to beat Detroit, you definitely have to get pressure on him. Easier said than done. So seeing him up close and in person, he's the first and only quarterback I ever wanted to see go through individual drill because he is that impressive. Um, watching him warm up, watching him talk ball with receivers, with the head coach and seeing that joy he has in trying to figure out how to beat a defense or tweak a play here or there. That is good stuff. Uh, That is inspiring stuff. If you're a defender watching that, you feel pretty good about the work you're going to do. If we give the ball back to him, there's a good chance. We're coming away with six, seven points. We may be ahead by halftime. Now we can just start rushing the pass. That's the stuff that excites people. But yeah, um, I can see with this receiving core with Robert Woods, Cooper Cup, Deshaun Jackson, who can still run, uh, Tyler Higby. I think the tight end is in that second group, that that second tier elite tight end. So, and I think there's more there for each guy. Uh, you just you weren't going to be able to see that with Jared Goff. I think he had maxed out the offense, but with Matthew Stafford, the offense suddenly turns vertical, as well as east and west. Sean McVay with his offense and that. Wing T principle, get you looking one way, attack you back. That stuff is dynamite. Now add vertical to that. There's no way you can't attack a defense or if you find a weakness, go at it. And you have a guy that can put it just about anywhere. So I see why 6,000 yards would be on the the tongue of a lot of people. But I would say this. um, It's going to be a whole lot tougher to keep the Rams out of the end zone this year than it was last year and the year before. Hey, D,
0: if Aaron's the best of the best up front, is Jalen Ramsey the best of the best in the back end?
4: Tom, my goodness. Um, He's a freak, and I hate even to say that uh, because that doesn't do it justice. When you see him, he looks like a small outside linebacker. That's the best I can describe him. Like, if you saw him put his left foot forward, put his hands down, and act like an outside backer, it would look natural on his body type. Uh, so that's one thing. He's got these long arms, long legs. His hips are above everyone else's uh, in the drill or in the group. And then you watch him in one-on-one. He's technically perfect. In man coverage, and zone coverage, he does everything right. He asks the right questions, and he plays it right to the rules. And if there's a flag or a question, he will go and ask the guy, what did I do wrong? And he's always trying to improve it and get better. Now, this is what separates him from the other freaks. This guy is 100% aggressive. I mean, he is the most violent player the Rams have on defense, and that includes 99. I mean, this guy doesn't turn it down. Uh, Guard, tackle, running back, receiver, anybody in his area that he needs to come up and tag, he does it, and he does it with violence. So uh, I can't believe Jacksonville let a guy like that go. Uh, I'm so happy he's here. You don't want to have to face it. I'll say this in training camp, and this is with all due respect to all the Rams receivers. Jalen Ramsey came into camp looking for a challenge. And I would say it was over after the first practice and a half. I mean, he went through these guys and shut things down. Have you ever seen a quarterback or a cornerback force a no-throw in a one-on-one situation in camp (laughs) where he could not throw it? I've never seen that before. I mean, that's how tight he was to Deshaun Jackson. So uh, he's unbelievable. If you couple that with instant pressure and Aaron Donald – uh, I don't care who's coordinating your defense. You, you've got a pretty good chance on game day to be pretty dang good.
1: All right, our last question for you: uh, Give us your eyeballs on the Bears and what you're looking at. And uh, is there anything in the form of kryptonite for the
4: for the Rams that the Bears possess? Well, I, I think it's the same with Matt Stafford. You, you, everyone knows Andy Dalton, and y- you know how he's going to attack you and how he's supposed to look. What the good Andy Dalton looks and how you can force the bad one. So, uh, I, I don't think that's you know, rewriting the rule book there. But I guess the question is, when do you bring in fields? That's what everyone wants to know. And if you're smart about it, you bring him in when in a situation where he can attack you and you can't attack him. Like have those little packages. Uh, So that's going to be interesting what happens with him around the goal line or in the red zone. Uh, That's the type of stuff you can't game plan for when you have that sort of athlete. So that definitely makes you nervous. And then on the other end, uh, Khalil Mack is enough to scare you to death you know, he's an ambient guy. He keeps you up at night. So all this talk about Matt Stafford and 6,000 yards could be over in one missed block. Uh, or even if you get a, a pad on him and he beats you and he gets to the quarterback and bang, there goes your starter. So, uh, all those things start to work. And the, the, you guys are huge up front. Uh, running the football has been, uh, it's, it's, it's been a uh, just a mess for the Rams trying to run through that big defensive line. So, uh, Chicago's defense gives you pause. Khalil Mack definitely gives you pause. And when do you use fields? That's That's got to keep everybody up at night when you're getting ready to play the Bears right now. Well, a
1: man who never sleeps because clearly he's got the juice, he's got the energy. Two hours behind us uh, out there in California, DeMarco Far. We really appreciate it. We always look forward to talking to you. We'll see you out in Cali.
4: Can't wait. Keep cut blocking man. Yeah. yeah, Just make sure it's from the thigh down, though. Every chance I get.
1: <laughs> we'll, con- oh, we'll continue on with Bears All Access after a break on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. Welcome back to our final segment here on Bears All Access with Tom Thayer. I'm Jeff Joniak. We've had a uh, real full program tonight with Sam Mustafer, and we just got to finish listening to DeMarco Farr, a, a fun young guy uh, in the radio business and an outstanding defensive lineman himself. So let's talk about some keys to beating the Rams, big Tom. Uh, what are you going to do about Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey first and foremost? And then we can't forget about Leonard Floyd.
0: Yeah, but you know, one thing about it, Aaron Donald is a guy that you have to have the most concern about because he's the guy that's closest to the football and the closest to the quarterback. But rarely is he going to have an opportunity to just be blocked by one person, maybe away from the point of attack, maybe on play action, but that's part of the game you face. So when you have an opportunity to have those bread and butter, those physical dominating runs, then you got to take advantage of those. You got to use those two big, strong bodies up front. Don't worry about blocking the second level until you get that first level block. And that's Aaron Donald. Look, Leonard Floyd, he's capitalizing on the fact that Aaron Donald's in the middle, but they'll get him blocked. And Jalen Ramsey, He's at the third level. He's not at or near the line of scrimmage. So if he makes a tackle on a run play, it's an 11- or 12-yard gain. Congratulations. The thing about it is it's going to be more of Andy Dalton having his sights on Jalen Ramsey. When he goes to a pass play that's concentrated in his
1: area, well, they do move him around. They they could put him at the line of scrimmage, and and that's something that they like to do as well. May put him in the slot. He may be lined up across from somebody, face to face. We'll see. You mentioned Andy Dalton. Uh, we had a chance to sit down with him, and this a uh, portion of the interview you will hear. On Fox Thirty Two Chicago on Bears Game Day Live, we get rolling from LA. Uh, we'll be up bright and early, Tom. With that, and Andy Dalton with lots to say about his career, where it's gone, where it's headed. All right, Andy. Who Who is Andy Dalton at the age of thirty three in two thousand twenty one compared to that rookie in two
5: thousand eleven? You know, I've a lot more experience. That's for sure. um You know, I've been through a lot in my career. Been through a lot the last couple years, and so. Uh, you know, I, I feel like I'm in a great spot right now. So excited, looking forward to the year and uh, looking forward to what, what we've got as a team. Anytime a new quarterback comes
1: to town, everybody wants to try and figure that quarterback out. What makes him tick? What's he all about? Does he fit here? You know, what would you say to those folks that have those questions? Because the one thing I've learned about you in the short time we've had conversations is that your competitive fire should not be underrated. Do you think that's a, a fair Trek down the road for you.
5: Yeah, I would say I'm a really competitive person. And, you know, for me, I want to be the best player that I can be uh, to help this team win. And so, you know, I I hold myself to a high standard. Uh, There's an expectation and I'm doing everything I can to uh, meet and exceed those expectations. So, you know, I think that's kind of where I'm at and, um, you know, I'm, I'm ready to get started this year for sure.
1: Andy, what do you do in those uh, times when no one's around, no one notices
5: what's going on that makes you who you are today? Yeah, I would say that uh, there's a lot of time spent, you know, studying the game, studying what we're doing, studying uh, to make sure that I know that uh, I I can react quickly to whatever is going to be going on during these games, and uh, I think I can pull from experiences, I can pull from just the amount of games that I've played and. Uh, yeah, I think that's going to help me out this year.
1: You know, I read uh, a Mel Kiper profile of you coming out in the draft. It just—he just did two words, smart and accurate. Is that proven to be true over
5: your eleven years? I would say so. I would. Uh, I would. If there's a couple, you know, things that I feel like that I've been really good at, I'd say it's both those things. Uh, just being able to react quickly to be able to get the ball in my hands and to to get the ball to our guys in space and, and on time. So I think that's all part of it. And, you know, it's you know, allowed me to play this long and uh, should help me play uh, as long as I want to play.
1: So what is the key really for Andy in terms of what his strengths are? Because it, it, he does get rid of the ball quickly, really quickly. Uh, if you get the open man, he's going to give you a chance to make a play on the ball. But what else that you're looking for from him, uh, the intangibles even for this game?
0: You know, confidence when he breaks the huddle, he knows exactly what he said according to the couple plays that he's going to call. And then get a look across the line of scrimmage and get an understanding both analytically and where the defense is structured where they can show their vulnerability or show their strengths. And that's what it's going to be about, his sight line, is going to play an important role. And then be the self-confident guy that Andy Dalton is. When we got to meet him a couple of weeks ago on Bears all Access, that's one of the things that struck me about him. And he's He's got a great self-confidence, and he's got to continue to believe in himself up until, you know, through Sunday, through Sunday night and the and the rest of the season. And, you know, he's got to perform like he has as a long-tenured quarterback.
1: I know you're dying to see the running game.
0: Um, You know, I think that's the best way that you can challenge Aaron Donald and the rest of that defense. If you want to get physical with these guys, that creates fatigue in the defense and allow your offensive line to play with confidence and then spill that running game over to play action pass because I do think those are two of the best elements that this offense can do and can pull off repeatedly. So if you want to see a tired defense in the third and fourth quarter, you got to run the ball right at them in the first and second quarter, and I will say this, I'm extremely impressed with the display of power that I've seen out of Jason Peters since he's come aboard. I know he's not where he is going to be in three or four weeks. However, if you want to develop a bread and butter part of your offensive line, Cody Whitehair, Jason Peters, look, at those guys for your goal behind.
1: All right, lastly, you could put it in a a bottle and put it in the water and come back and you'll still see it 50 years from now. You got to tackle well. You got to hit the quarterback. You got to hang out of the football. You got to take the ball away. You got to win the trenches. There you go. Bears win. (laughs) It's not so simple, though, is it?
0: Well, you know the truth, is you got to limit their success on special teams. The last thing you want to do is give these guys some type of special return that creates attacking field position and wants and looks and make Matthew Stafford looking into the end zone from from the first
1: down play. Yeah, Rams really struggled on special teams a year ago. Thirtieth in the league, according to uh, Rick Goslin's uh, Dallas Morning News special teams rankings. Uh, they've added Joe DiCamillis now to the coaching staff as the special teams coordinator, former Bears special teams coordinator, been around a long time. Tom, we're out of time. Thanks to our guests tonight, Sam Mustafer and DeMarco Farr, and our producers, Dan Brilly, Jordan Treadup, Katie Tuber, and the folks at The Score. We'll talk to you on Sunday night, 4 p.m., the pregame, 7.20, the kickoff, on News Radio 105.9 WBBM. Tom, that's it for us. Thanks for listening, everybody. This has been Bears All Access on Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score.
0: Thanks for listening to this Chicago Bears Network presentation of Bears All Access. Podcasts are available on ChicagoBears.com and on iTunes, or download the Chicago Bears official app. Bears All Access has been brought to you by IGS Energy and sponsored by Bette Rivers
1: and Miller Lite.